If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. Special episode in Come- Tahoe. Coming to you from Tahoe at the Podcast Hard event. Having a great time over here. Yeah. Yeah, So for the first 35 minutes or so, we do our introductory conversation. We start off by talking about the new Felix Grey frames. These are blue blocking glasses you can wear all day long. They're not colorful, so you don't look like a weirdo. If you're somebody who works on a computer or a phone all day long, this is a must. So check this out. We do work with Felix Grey. If you go to Felix Grey, Grey spelled G-R-A-Y, glasses.com forward slash mind pump. You'll get free shipping and free returns. Then we talk about face swapping technology. What? Kind of scary John stuff. John Travolta shit. Yeah. yeah. They're putting just- Sal made it in a porn. Thank you. Fuck, yeah, you got me I first. I got you. Uh, then we talk about <laughs> vegans wanting to ban animal crackers. That's right. They want to ban <laughs> animal crackers because they make humans feel you like they're what? superior. Please stay away from the crackers. Find out That's where are. I draw the line. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm not the crackers. Then I teach everybody about my new lunge technique. It's kind of working on my lower body. The benefits of focusing on weak movements. Adam says he has none. <laughs> then we talk about Organifi's green juice, how it's helping everybody poop regularly while we're traveling. Organifi, of course, one of our favorite sponsors. Our if you go to, to know that. organifi.com forward slash mind pump, enter the code mind pump, you'll get 20% off. Then we talk about late nights and creativity and the creation of Maps Anabolic, the insanity that went behind that creation, and Adidas versus Nike and new media. Then we get into the questions. Controversy. The first question was, is it possible to achieve the same physical and cognitive benefits of lifting by lifting weights and by body weight training? In other words, if you compare the two, which one's better? Do they give you the same benefits? Are they different? Should you do them both? Find out in that part of this episode. We covered it. The next question was, this person has read that children can be predisposed to being overweight based on genetics if their parents, grandparents are overweight as well. Do we believe there's truth to this and are genetics to blame for our obesity? You to blame it on genetics, girl. Damn, that was, uh, who's that, Millie Vanilli? Yeah. Blame it on genetics, yeah, There yeah. you go, very good. There it is, sorry. And the next question, as three guys in committed relationships, how would we react or have we, or how have we reacted to our significant others wanting to get off hormonal birth control? You know, it's not ideal, but it is convenient. What is our perspective and what do we do now to prevent our partners from getting pregnant? I don't want more kids. On accident. And finally, what exactly is roid rage? Is this a real phenomenon? That is experienced with steroid use. And did this happen to Adam when he was on the sauce? (laughs) Sauce. Also, this month, we have released our newest MAPS program, MAPS Strong. It is a strongman-inspired program we designed with Robert Oberst, World's Strongest Man competitor. By the way, you can do this program in your gym, in your home gym. You just need barbell, dumbbells, adjustable bench, squat rack. So you don't need any special equipment. Although, if you have sandbags and ladders and sleds, we have some variations for you. you that totally use a PRX. Really, really fun. You can find this new program at mapsstrong.com. And you can find our other MAPS programs and MAPS bundles. This is where we combine MAPS programs and put them together for particular goals. For example, let's say you're a really serious person that wants, wants to get really fit and you're really smart and you like to 
spend your money in the most efficient way possible. Let's just say that's who you are. That sounds like me, Sal. You're going to want to get the MAPS Super Bundle. It's a year of exercise programming. So you can find that and our other bundles and all of our other MAPS programs at mapsfitnessproducts.com. Doug, I want to know what you're showing us on the screen right there. I know we're supposed to we're supposed to mention Felix Gray, but what is this? The new lens? What is yeah. this? The new frame? New, new frame called the Carver. What Ooh. colors? Um, let's see here. It comes in They're ma- nice, mahogany yeah. and black. Like a classy oh, nice. old man. Explain to me mahogany. That doesn't that like a reddish color? It's a wood. Yeah, it's okay. a reddish, I yeah. think a reddish. It's a type wood. of wood. It sounds mm-hmm. just yeah. regal. Mahogany. Mahogany. It's a, it's a rich yeah. colored wood. It's a very so, strange word. So I like my whiskey. Mahogany. Mahogany. Um, I like the Felix Gray glasses because they look really good. Yeah. They look the best. I like them when they look good on you, Adam, when you wear them. I do like them. Man. You wear them the most, I'd say, during the day. Well, it's, they've been kind of a game changer for me. That's why. I mean, I I've been for what the headaches. Yeah. Well, I was I couldn't wait for us to actually talk about it and get them as a sponsor because Taylor introduced them to me um, quite a while quite a while ago, and I had been using them. And I before that, I was using the the orange ones that you you turn me on. Those to. are the ones for like like super block everything. Right. Out and things. they were they were working. Like I like to have no You don't com- go out in public with those. I have no complaints. <laughs> no, 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 I have don't. no complaints. Like they were Some they were do. they were doing the job, but the thing that I didn't I didn't like was, you know, it's very, very normal for Katrina and I after eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, we're laying in bed watching T V or a movie and if I got these these blue blockers on that are like orange or those those I mean it changes the distorts the color. Oh yeah, right? and it just yeah. it ruins the the movie experience for me, and that was just it was driving me crazy. And sometimes I would say, ah, oh, fuck it, whatever, and discipline myself to still do it just for the better for the better sleep, right? Yeah. Well, then I was like, fuck that. Well, when Taylor introduced me to these, and then then when we called the company and did, did kind of a. Uh, you know, I didn't well, understand. Well, they explain the difference. Yeah, because I could yeah. I couldn't figure out like how can you do that? How can it be a clear lens and like, you get the same benefits? Yeah. And, and when they explain the the high blue light, yeah, which- it's basically for um, anytime you're working on a computer. See, what you don't yeah. want to do is you don't want to wear the hardcore phone. Which yeah, is what I use it for mostly. Exactly, and you don't want to wear the hardcore blue blockers, the orange ones, or the red ones, which are the most powerful. All ones. day, you don't want to wear those all day because it tells your brain it's nighttime. And you 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 want your brain to know it's nighttime. Excuse me, daytime when it's daytime, and you want your brain to think it's it's nighttime when you're indoors and it is nighttime, but right. you have electrolyte electric lights on. So Felix Ray glasses are more suitable for day use. If you work on a computer all day long, like most people, then those are the ones you want to wear because you want your brain to know it's you're, you're yeah. it's you're should be awake, but you also want to limit your exposure to the harmful blue rays that electronics tend to put off. And which then, now they're showing with studies. They're always harmful. Well, yeah, what does that look like? Like, what what is what are the it literally destroy cells in your eyes and over time can cause uh, degeneration of your mm. of your eyesight. So you know yeah. when you well, were- these are some of these things that you know we we weren't really talking about. 10, 15 years ago. No, and our moms were right. Remember that? Don't sit too close to the TV. <laughs> right. Mom yeah. was right again. Except right. for the Harry Palms thing. That's that wrong. Didn't play out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. I got that on a lot. I don't, yeah, Justin would have. I'm like, oof, thank God. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, we just we never we we didn't live in we didn't live in a world or a time where you know almost all of <laughs> everything that you need is at your fingertips now in your phone. I mean, even I mean, even when we saw the introduction of the internet and mm-hmm. and that was still this big clunky computer at home that you had to wait till you got home and dial up and it was a whole process. It wasn't like you would lug that around. It wasn't like you were connected no. staring at a screen all day long. 
unless you had a specific job that yeah. pertained to that, where now, even if you don't have a job in quote unquote tech, you still are consuming a, part of everybody an abnormal amount now. of yeah. this these these this tech and i started to get headaches and shit and i started to notice the effects of my sleep and and when you turn me on the the blue bars and I, I remember feeling like such an idiot wearing them because it's like this is so pseudoscience bullshit i would never do no it's real i know but, but i used it and if i would like within an hour those things would like settle me down and go right to sleep and i felt amazing no it works and what I love about the Felix is I can actually wear them in the day. They don't make me sleepy, but then they, I don't get the headaches and I can right, like, right, right. get ready for bed. I use I them with my, right ready. Uh, I have my kids wear them. Well, yeah. it's a reasonable way to kind of combat a lot of the modern, you know, things that, that modern day lifestyle, what that looks like today. It, I mean, obviously the ideal is, you know, to follow your circadian mm -hmm. rhythms, you know, more and being more in tune with that process. But, you know, this, this is going to constantly interrupt uh, you know, like your 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 daily life now because of the phone, because of the, right, your like, work conditions. And t today, I'm I'm not wearing them. I'm not wearing them right now because I'm up in Tahoe. We have these beautiful windows with natural sunlight, and it's gorgeous. And I'm not. Yeah. We're not right. really on our phones today. We're no, interacting, no, we're with, interacting people. with people. Yeah, right. So I don't see the value of me really wearing them all day mm -hmm. like a goof, right? But I do when I there's days when all of us. I mean, you look are, smarter though. Are, <laughs> are plugged into a computer or on our phones for hours on hours on hours. And and I do see a lot of value. In it is gorgeous up here, though. God, oh, I love yeah. Lake Tahoe. I just like I taking do. deep breaths. It's got to be one of the most beautiful places. <sighs> you know what I always forget though is the altitude, because I know we're planning on working out later. And the, and the last time I was in Tahoe, I went to the gym and I was like, uh, wow, I am not my stamina is terrible. Yeah, but Whew, I forgot that doozy. the altitude makes a difference. Big time. And we're up here for a, uh, what five days or something like that. We work six, out every yeah. six days. We work out every day. You'll have a nice little boost in red blood cells by the time we get back. Right. I think that should be enough time, right, Doug? Doug's shaking his head like he knows what I'm talking about. No, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just it, it, might boost, it sounds good. It might yeah. be enough time to We're cause a, a boost in, in red blood cells. So, <laughs> anyway. Dude, you guys, want, I'm going to change subjects on you. I read this article. I've been saving it. And I was going to show you, Justin, on the way up here, but it's oh, pretty crazy. Okay. Dude, have you guys seen the face swapping? Uh, AI generated like tech that they have now. I yes. just saw I saw the article, bro. Someone posted in our forum. I saw it somewhere, bro. It's cool. scary. It's yeah. it used to be. It wasn't that long ago, like a few years ago, where only the most sophisticated tech and people who know how to use who knew how to use it could do this. But now they have these apps yeah. where you, there's an app. I can't remember the name of it. Where you can literally take someone's face if you have good enough pictures of them, and you can and people are face swapping onto porn. So yeah. right now there's crazy face swapping porn right now online where you have actresses where people are taking like, you know, act, famous actresses, putting it on a porn star. And I swear to God, you cannot, you almost can't it tell the difference. Indistinguishable. You yeah. almost, it looks like, oh my God, this is, what's her name from uh, Harry Potter? Yeah. That one made a lot of news. What's her <laughs> name? Uh, you know, the, the, the girl. Yeah, yeah. They did one with Hermione. her. Yeah. But I, I don't know. What's her, her real name? Yeah, I don't, uh, idiots. I don't know. But yeah, this, this face swapping technology <laughs> is scary. Yeah. They did one with politicians where they got a, they, they had an old video of Obama and they made him say a bunch of shit that he'd never said before. Yeah. You imagine the freaking. Well, you so can, this? You, there's still little bits that you could pick up on as far as it. Like, it's going to get so much now, better. But now, that's that's going to be. They're going to be able to figure that out. Now, is this CGI or is this like you actually? There's skin graphing it. No, 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 no. They're taking the, like a picture, a picture, and then and, the computer. Yeah, CGI basically. Okay, so it's CGI. It on there, yeah, yeah, dude. Like, uh, uh, so there was one guy who made a big deal. This guy on Reddit. And I don't know what his name is, but this is what he does. And he face swapped uh, celebrity faces onto porn performers' bodies. And he did one with Gal Gadot. She's the girl from uh, Wonder Woman. 
He did one with uh, Macy Williams wow. and Taylor Swift. And everybody was like, if people shared it at first because they thought they were real. <laughs> That's how crazy it is, dude. Wow. That's how fucking crazy it is. Well, what yeah. what it was we they did it in the what the last the last two Star Wars have been filled with it, right? Didn't mm-hmm. they use uh, didn't they use a lot of actors just in that? Yeah, word? yeah. They oh, did. fake app is one. Uh, yeah, I forget the general's name, but yeah, they used him uh, like totally artificially uh, CGI like version of him, and they had talks about doing that for the next movie too. Uh, you know, Princess Leia likes what, what you know, General Leia, I should say, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get it right yeah, get it right <laughs> hello uh, but yeah <laughs> no one would have called him out I, I, I was just making sure I was just making sure because you, yeah, you know somebody's going to call me out, DMs out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so worried about the nerd um, <laughs> but yeah like they're actually using old footage from uh, yeah, from the first like redo of the entire franchise so they're able to like take enough of those clips and actually put a storyline together with her still so that, that's cool because it's like it's weird it's funky you see somebody on there and you still know that it's it's not them it's it's the representation of them it's a computer generated yeah. but image it looks of them, clean but enough that it, but it is pretty bro the it's tech is creepy it's, it's like, getting so good dude. well yeah. don't you see the future of like actors and actresses like just signing a contract like i could see this because once yeah, you make have, a bunch of commercials with my face right using me using my my voice using all this stuff like that once they've once they've like you know spoken enough things digitally out there right just like ourselves imagine all the every word that i've ever used has probably been used in this podcast over 900 episodes oh we're screwed yeah right so somebody can, somebody t- can then totally do totally that. cgi yeah. your face and then take you and then use you for marketing and you just sign the rights to it say like oh you know go ahead use me how you want and Sign the rights. The technology is getting so good and it's going to be so cheap that they'll just yeah. do it anyway. And there's yeah, nothing you could do to stop yeah, it. Well, hopefully oh, have a detection software. I'm not, right? I'm, like, like that's my my hope is that... That they create software. Yeah, they to create software it. to combat it, right? Because otherwise, yes, it's indistinguishable. How can you prove yourself in a court of law? They can't really use that as evidence, you know, if they catch you on film. Well, it used to be that video was like, there was no arguing it. If you had a video or picture of someone doing something like, yeah. oh, that's it. But now people can like fake that shit and you can argue and be like, oh, that wasn't me. So I'm not the one it's that so was so sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of creepy yeah. when you think about it. But anyway, I was, I was looking at some of the, 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 the examples. <laughs> so who was, knows? Maybe we're in a porn film right now. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> who knows? No one wants to take your face. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, yeah. no. Yeah. Anyway, I got another another article I'll read to you guys. And this one was inspired because uh, at this moment, uh, the, the the debate is going on with uh, Chris Kresser and that vegan scientist on. Yeah, I saw Justin already uh, watching. Yeah, it, I couldn't help it. He was already he was already watching them all. But we're all supposed to save it. Watch. I just wanted to see what the the energy was, you know, and like if it was going well or not. Yeah, so. we watched about ten minutes of it. And it was really really good. It's so good. so yeah, this is the, the, the this is the title of the article. V, you ready for this? Vegans want animal crackers banned. Animal crackers band <laughs> because they make humans feel superior. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, are we not? We are exactly. That's my argument. Are, are, are we not? Yeah, we are superior. Yeah. yeah it's, I yeah. mean, let's, let's, that's cool. You can love animals all you Dude, want. We're number we're, one. Yeah. You got to, you got to believe that sometimes. But anyway, anyway, you know, here's the problem is that I think they're going to ruin their, their chances if they keep pushing shit like this. You know what I'm saying? Like Animal crackers? Like, like yeah. really? Yeah. yeah, because we're not superior. I thought I got it. I thought I thought I, I don't know. The last time a dog did heart surgery, 
<laughs> yeah, boom. That's what I want to do yeah, with one of these people. Right. You know, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. Don't worry. I'm going to get this. We're all equal. Uh, uh, my dog great. is going to work on you right now. <laughs> this great Labrador. Yeah. <laughs> He's really smart. He's going to run some lab tests on you. Uh, yeah. Boom. Did you? Uh, no, they actually, on there. film, they have this monkey, though, that uh, revived another monkey. I don't know if it was. What? I swear to God, uh, I was watching this documentary and one of the monkeys actually fell on, on the track of this, of uh, this train and it got electrocuted and it was like out and like completely out. And this other like monkey came back and started giving it compressions and then like shaking it and plunging it in water. And then it all of a sudden it came back to life to it bring the it back to life. Thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They have it on film, but that's like, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Yeah. That is crazy. Monkeys yeah. saving other monkeys' lives. Yeah. That's, that's the beginning of the... What's that movie called? It's Planet uh, of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, yeah. yeah. I like those. Maybe, maybe that'll like those? play out. Planet of the Apes? Yeah. Did you watch the original one? No, I didn't. Oh! My, my you've seen the original? Yeah, of course. You have Charles to watch... Charles Heston? Dude, yeah. you have to watch the original. You know, I wish... The problem is it's already been spoiled for you. You already know what the ending is, but the original Planet of, of the Apes was such a fucking well-made sci-fi... One of the best sci-fi movies of all yeah. time. Shock the ending shocked people because mm-hmm. you did not expect that to happen. Do you know the story of the original one? Mm-mm. So it shows these 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 humans who obviously crashed on a planet because they're astronauts or whatever, and you know one of them dies, uh, one of them gets captured, the other well, one gets cryogenically frozen. And yeah, then came back right. Like, yeah, one of them gets like shot in the throat, so he, he can't talk. But then all of a sudden these he's getting chased by these apes. They shoot him. He can't talk. They capture him, and he gets thrown in these cages with other humans. And none of them can talk, and he can't talk because he got shot in the throat. And all these apes are super smart, whatever. And so the whole movie's going through this whole thing, and he's trying to escape. At the end of the movie, he finally gets away and goes to the to like the banned part of the of the of the land or whatever that all the monkeys say don't go to. He goes there, and then he sees a Statue of Liberty that's yeah. kind of buried up like up to its chest sideways, and he realizes that he had been cryogenically frozen on yes. a spaceship. And his spaceship returned back to Earth. It was still Earth. It wasn't a different planet. He realized he was on Earth yeah. and that humans had destroyed themselves. Yeah. Fucking great Epic. movie. Uh, yeah. And you don't see that coming until the you end. Do no, you don't, you don't see that coming. coming yet. You uh, do not you see, see that shit coming. Another, you think it's like Star Trek where they landed on another planet. So didn't when they did the one with Mark Wahlberg, they try and they tried to recreate that a little bit. Yeah, not really. I mean, they did a bad he, job. He, he, oh, they did. I don't like the one with Mark yeah. Wahlberg. I like no, the yeah. recent ones, kind of, to show the backstory. Well, it's, it's because they made the monkeys cooler because the CGI's gotten way better. Yeah, like, I feel like they've really been able to nail down like animal movement in, in a believable way. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But the original one was was the best one. Anyway, I, I did a new exercise the other day I'd never done before. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Is that possible? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> well, what? In, in a way that I've never done it before. So you guys know how I've only been doing uh, split stance uh, exercises now for my lower body now for. It's probably been about a month and a half or two months or so. I haven't done any barbell squats against whatsoever. Against the advice of Ripto. Yeah. yeah. Against, and because I'm trying to uh, to balance myself out, because I noticed when I did lunges, my right, there was a discrepancy between my right and left. And I also noticed when I squatted really heavy, sometimes I would get a little bit of pain in my SI joint uh, on my left side. And I know you guys have been talking so much about how like Bulgarian split stand squats increase your squat and all that other stuff. So I've been doing it for a while and I'm getting better. I'm actually noticing more more muscle development. I can't go as intense as I do with squats yet because my form isn't as great yet. So my intensity is like moderate, but I'm still getting good results. But one thing that I did the other day, which I thought would, which worked really well, is I incorporated some like box squats. You know when you do box squats, you sit on a box, allow your body to – you still keep your core tight and everything, but you actually relax your legs for a second, stand up mm-hmm. to develop that 
you know, to eliminate that, that whatever, what is it called? That, uh, that, that reflex, that stretch reflex you get from when you lower weight and come back uh-huh. up. So what I did with the lunge is I took some mats, I put them on the floor, split my stance over the mats, went down into my lunge, kneeled on it and sat there for three seconds and then came back up. Mm-hmm. So I actually sat at the bottom. Just no momentum. No momentum. Like, sat at the bottom, stayed that, tight, yeah. got everything ready, activated what I needed to, mm-hmm. pulled my knees apart a little bit, got my, you know, my gluteus medius activated a little bit and then came back up. Wow. What a great... Have you guys ever done anything like that with a lunge before? Yeah. I haven't timed it like that and used the with mats. The Bulgarian squat I have, yeah. But I, when I switched over, and this was just a few years ago when I think I told you that I started doing more of the Bulgarian. And I think what really ramped that up for me was with the first time that I hung out with Jordan Shallow and he was just like, oh, this... He argued for it big yeah, time. Yeah, he did argue for it big time. And so I thought, you know what? I've never really... You know what I've never done is as much as I've done the Bulgarian split squat is I've never actually tried to keep it in my program for a long. It's always been an exercise that I rotate into my routine to give me a break from squats or something. I've never like kept it in my program and tried to progress it. Mm-hmm. And um, I absolutely did. And there was a ton of carryover, not just to my squat, but I also noticed a big difference in my my legs building. Like I built a lot of muscle from doing that. That's that the way. thing that it's so here's the mm-hmm. crazy and it's of course this just proves what you know I've known through years of training clients and myself and you always forget, right? You always forget when you apply it to yourself sometimes that if I do a new exercise that I suck at, even though I can't lift as heavy and even though I can't push it as hard, the the potential for improvement is so big yeah. because it's a new movement that the that you just get crazy results from it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going to add you know, uh, you know, 30 pounds to my squat. I've been squatting consistently for years, but I may add 30 pounds to a movement I never do just because I'm getting better at it. It just shows a whole new landscape, like all new options for you to get better at. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. That, that's exactly how I look at it. I don't look at it. I don't stick with what I'm awesome at all the time. It's just, uh, to me, that's just a flawed mentality going into it. I'm, I'm there to grow. And so, you know, th- that is definitely something that, uh, you know, I definitely like assess to see where um, I could benefit again from going back mm-hmm. to doing, you know, Bulgarian squats, doing more unilateral training, doing things that are a little bit more functional, coming back, you know, to bilateral type movements. Yeah. What about, uh, or what exercises can you say that you, you, you suck at that you think that, okay, I, I could probably focus on, Ooh. on that movement right, right now, there. probably at like core. Oh, work. core work. Yeah. yeah. Just cause I've. I've been so like total body inclusive, like so mm-hmm. lots of compound movements and no, not much isolation there with uh, the core. And I feel, mm-hmm. and I feel every time I get in it, I get angry and I, and I know that right away. It's like, Oh, I have, I have to get the shaky enough. Yeah. You get shaking. And the thing is you just, you just know you're not as strong as mm-hmm. you could be. And so it's frustrating because you only get a few reps, but then you're like, Oh, wow, I need to work on this. Mm-hmm. And that's all I think. It's just, mm-hmm. Okay. Let's put attention here. Mm-hmm. What about you, Adam? Is there any that you well, think I hate to, I hate to copy Justin, but that's exactly where I'm at right now. Is so I addressed my ankle mobility and all the limiting exercises there. I addressed my hip and and all the limiting exercises there. I did the same thing for my shoulders. All that over the last like three to five years, I've put a, I've taken each one of those and put a lot yeah. of energy and focus yeah. on and progressed it greatly. And 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 I'm very very happy with my mobility and and all those joints. And the one area that I have not addressed that I've known I needed to address on myself is my core strength. And, and, and I know that's directly correlated with my low back pain when my back bothers me. If I'm not 
training my core or doing ab work because I, I already have that natural tilt. Yeah, you do have that that if I'm not a, stick out thing. And, <laughs> and if I don't address it, it's a problem. Yeah. Juicy you know? squats. Like I'm I'm okay. Like I'm I can go about my day and be fine. But if I'm not training my abs and, and core to to counter that, and I notice a, I feel amazing when I do, when I actually put it into my regimen. So that is something that I'm neglecting right now, and it's it's just tedious, dude. It's yeah. tedious work that I know I need to do. Yeah, the, the what made the biggest difference for me with core training was uh, oblique training. Uh, when I started mm. really hitting my obliques with like rotation and resistance with rotation, yeah. I noticed a huge difference with all of my lifts. Like a huge, I just felt so so solid and strong. And you know, your 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 body is always limited by the by the weakest link. So, however strong you are. What's limiting you is the weakest part of you. So rather than focusing on the strongest part of you to increase your lift, sometimes focusing on those weak parts and then you'll notice those lifts. And if it takes more energy for you to stabilize, you know, that's a discrepancy. That's something that, you know, your body has to account for that Mm -hmm. while then also trying to perform the movement. So if you can... Uh, eliminate that, get stronger there. You don't have to allocate as much, you know, energy and resources in that direction, and you can focus on the lift. Yeah. No, for me, it's unilateral stuff and higher rep stuff. It's always higher rep stuff's always something I always hate. And then doing the unilateral stuff, and you know what got me uh, doing a lot of good uh, unilateral stuff was some of the exercises in Map Strong, where you're doing these, you know, mm-hmm. dumbbell presses where one is staying in one position, the other ones, and that was really good. The higher rep stuff with the AMRAP, so like the AMRAP overhead presses that there are in the in the work sessions, like really, um, you know that that higher reps because I never really play in that that it's that, challenging. that it's challenging, but I get progress, I get results out of it. Yep, you know I start to see my body change, so it's, it just always reminds me that sometimes getting into those uncomfortable positions, you know, with your training just make the 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 biggest impact. You know, I did that years ago with uh, with pull ups. <clears throat> A long time ago, I was yeah, I at those for a while super, too. super row, you know, dominant. Always did rows, always did deadlifts, always did rows, always did deadlifts. And it got to the point where I could barbell row, you know, with, with decent form, 300 pounds, but I could do, you know, 12 pull-ups and that was it. And I remember thinking like, oh, there's something, there's a little bit of a, of a problem here. So I made it a focus of doing lots of pull-ups and a lot of weighted pull-ups and the back development I got from it was just incredible. And the way, of course, everything else felt. Well, I've never met, I've never met a, a trainer, a client, a bodybuilder that I, I think it's just in us that we're always going to naturally gravitate to the things that we enjoy, we like, or that we're good at. And I mm-hmm. think, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast right now, I mean, maybe, and if they're, if they are, you're the one percenters. Cause I may, maybe I've met a, a handful of people that can honestly say, you know, I'm really good about, phasing my programming and getting myself out mm-hmm. of a, a rep range and changing my tempo up and, and doing and doing it in a structured way. I know I mean a lot Yeah, of, not just throwing a right, bunch right. Of I mean a lot of people that be like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I change my rep ranges up. Oh yeah, no, no, I change all this stuff. I'm like, well, how do you do it? And it's just like, oh, you know, sometimes I do this exercise this way. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, oh, do you do it long enough to get your body to get good at it? Right. Do you mm-hmm. do it long enough to get exactly to get the benefits of the and I'm I'm definitely guilty of this. I was I was notorious for being somebody who would say exactly that. That yes, I do all those things and I vary all mm-hmm. that. But I, uh, what I'm bad at is actually structuring it, committing to three to six weeks of training a certain way and measuring that, then moving out of mm-hmm. it. And it's tough because 
right when you need to be moving out of it is right when you're seeing the most results and loving yeah. it. You know, you're getting mm-hmm. good Starting at it. Starting to enjoy the it. The body's adapting to it. You're getting good. You're seeing results. Mm-hmm. You're loving it. And so it's really easy to enjoy that and carry that on for weeks and months and some people years. This is one of my number one arguments uh, for resistance training. We, you know, we talk a lot about how resistance training is, you know, we consider the best form of exercise and it's the one form of exercise everyone should be doing. Not the one form of exercise, only form of exercise you, sh- you should be doing, but the one you absolutely should be doing in conjunction with other stuff. And one of my arguments is there is no form of exercise that is modifiable and adjustable as resistance training. Nothing. Nothing comes close. Every other form of exercise is fits within this kind of structured you know, uh, you know, lattice that you have to follow. In other words, like swimming. Swimming is, is a form of exercise. But you know swimming when you see it and it looks a particular way and that's it. You can't really modify it too, too much. You can modify it, but not too, too much. Running is like that. Pilates is like that. Yoga is like that. All forms of exercise are like that. Resistance training is more of a philosophy than anything. And resistance just training refers to just using resistance. And I can train or I can train anybody with resistance. I don't care how disabled you are, Doesn't tall, ma- short, fat, what your goals are, if it's endurance, stamina, strength, power, whatever, resistance training, can I can mold it and shape it to maximize your progress and results for whatever you're looking for and for whatever type of body uh, type you have. It's not even just that. There's not, there's not a single pursuit that strength training does not have carryover to, right. into, into whatever. It'll benefit everything. Name a pursuit. I don't care if you want to be some yogi and that's all you want to do is strength training. Right. There's benefits from strength training that will carry over into that pursuit. Mm-hmm. There's not a single pursuit what that you could potentially want to do for your body, right? Over whether it be overall health or performance, that strength training does not have major carryover for that. More carryovers than almost any other single thing. Right? And again, because it's modifiable. I, I could train right. a yogi with resistance to improve their yoga. You know, a yogi who goes and does long distance running may not get that much of a uh, of an improvement. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's very modifiable. I can scale it. I can change it for anybody. Especially when you talk about free weights, they fit anybody's body. You're not. You don't have to be any shape or size to work with free weights, especially when they're applied properly. And again, it's my my favorite thing about it is, you know, here's the deal. Like all of the maps programs are designed around resistance training, and we design them in a way where. If you're really, you know, and we, this is what we're thinking, right? We think of the ultimate uh, listener. Like, okay, who's the ultimate listener that's listening to our podcast? It's somebody that really values maximizing their body's health, mobility, strength, everything. Just wants to maximize how they feel. So the way we designed the MAPS programs was to take you through all these different ways of using resistance training and all of them benefit you. So you could train with a with a strongman inspired program like the one we released this month you could train with maps anabolic which is more of your you know straight strength type program you could train with maps performance which is more for athletic mobility type stuff and you know aesthetic which is your bodybuilder type stuff and you your body will benefit from going through these different modalities but you're using resistance in all of them right. you know it's the it's the form of exercise that i like again it's that one tool that you can use it's like that uh it's like an a swiss army knife except everything you pull out is an effective version of it, not like a Swiss Army knife where you pull out the you know the, the screwdriver and it the sucks. Scissors that you never use. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Who it's, uses those scissors? No, I don't know. Does anyone use those scissors? You clip your clip your toenails yeah, with you them. Maybe that's that. like a roach clip. That's what that is. That's what is that what they're? Like? Yeah, it's gotta be. That's about all you yeah. could use it for. Yeah. What were roach clips used for back? Was that just so you didn't get the? Yeah, I know what they're yeah, used for for a joint. But why were they? Why were they a big deal? Just hold the joint. 
Well, they get every bit of it. Oh, is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, for sure. It's back when cannabis was Yeah, like, like you couldn't get it. Yeah, easily. super hard to get. Yeah, like, I mean, getting a joint's a big deal. Now, like, now you look at a yeah, joint, you smell it, like, eh, yeah. this one's, <laughs> this one's two like days old. Yeah. Throw it away. <laughs> get the new one. Stuff Half of one, throw yeah. it away. So Organifi is getting ready to make a, um, a freaking... Halloween-like flavor. They're going to do, like, I think, um, pumpkin spice. Uh, oh, they're going to change, like, for what? A green no. juice? The gold. Or? The gold. Uh, the gold, I think they're going to make, like, a, a, like a pumpkin spice. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that or not because I don't know if it's actually released, but I, when I was talking to the guy on the... We might have to bleep this out. Ah, oh, fuck it. All right. Let's like, we get a slap yeah. on the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. The person who probably would say no to that is probably not even listening to the podcast. Uh, so uh, they probably have somebody else, some other intern. Yeah. And by the time it probably gets out to Dude. Them, Hopefully it'll be their alive. green juice is a lifesaver when we travel because we yeah. don't eat fucking vegetables at all. <laughs> we don't oh, eat. And, we and do, we don't eat. We, we don't, don't eat. eat don't and when eat. we do, it's, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not that good. And right. the green juice keeps me pooping. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what, what trip it was when we first started using it. And it definitely keeps me. Oh, I know. It was when, uh, oh, you do remember that yeah, thing. we were, it was a paleo, it was a paleo FX, wasn't it? Doug? Oh yeah. yeah. Right. And they gave us in the, the goodie bags. Yeah. They gave us green juice packets. Oh, is this before? Well, helps. Was this before? Packets. Yes, last single, year. single serving packets that yes. really like solidified. And this that. was before we were sponsored with them. Oh, this was. Before. And we're all super skeptical with supplement. We are probably yeah. the worst people to approach with supplements because we automatically <laughs> I do not know how they were so persistent. Dude, we yeah. we 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 automatically think your product sucks. That's just yeah. the, that's just that's our we automatically that's default our go-to. to. But Doug was the one to use it. Remember, we're all there. We're reading terribly. You're right. And yeah. Doug's like, "You guys got to try this green." juice powder and, the, and that they gave us from this company or whatever and all of us were kind of shrugging it off by the end of the trip it was gone and we were fighting each other over oh, each yeah. one of them so well, it tastes pretty good that's why too i mean it, if I, I mean out of all the yeah, green they juice figured that out yeah which was a lot helpful it did but it does help the the pipes uh moving you know <laughs> yeah. I mean? is that the, so when you're off on your diet like when we travel is that the first thing that you notice is like your stool is off really bad oh yeah I, i'll alternate so it's like oh i'm not going like i normally should and then it goes in the opposite direction. See, I get puffy and lethargic. That's what I feel. You get oh really? Yeah. Like like you hold water. Yeah. Oh, and you just start feeling kind of tired. Yeah. Did you go to bed late last night? Or did you get some good sleep? Uh, I was pretty late. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah, I stayed up I pretty was late. Tired, man. Yeah. yeah I, no. I forget who I was talking to late last night. I was talking to. You never go to bed on time. Probably Mike. Mike. Ever. Mike You're like a kid. Well, yeah. I was. You know, it's funny. Eli was out talking to me by the fire uh, yesterday, and. He asked about, it was funny because he was prompting some video clips and he asked about like morning routines. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm the worst guy for that. And I, and I, so it, it really, it forced me to kind of evaluate like why that is. And I, I have an idea of why I'm so anti that um, because I was managed by somebody who was an ex-Marine mm-hmm. for so many years. And he was so much about morning routines, oh. regiment, rituals yeah. and this and that. And, 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 and I just... One of my favorite books that I read was First Break All the Rules. Yeah. You know, and I come from a different camp. You so know? you're like, fuck it, I'm I breaking up. Right, right. I think, and I think we all share that sentiment. And I and I and it's not to knock those out there that have found a morning routine that they do that it definitely ex- makes their life better. I know lots of motivational speakers speak to that. Um, I've just I've found a way to be very successful with not having great mornings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, super honesty, right? It's, yeah. it, it's what it is. And like I so like when someone asked me a question like that, and, and he's I know he's he's I know he was searching for like a hype answer, like oh, oh yeah. I get up and I have my coffee, and then I have this, and yeah. then I and read then I for myself, and, and then I meditate, and then I juve light, and like I have all these like no, I what I do normally is whatever time, and because my time fluctuates, sometimes I have to be up by six a.m. because I got something going. 
going on really early. Sometimes I get to sleep in all the way till 7.30 or 8, rarely ever later than that. Oh. But my goal is to wake up as close to possible to that time. Yeah. Before I, I treasure that. sleep. Yeah, I do. It's my highest of and, I, and I'm also highly productive at night. Mm-hmm. My most creative times. So when you talk about visions and in, in, mm-hmm. within the business and ideas and you know i write a lot at nighttime so a lot of, i get a lot of that out. so i'm very much like you i've trained myself to go to bed early and wake up early because it works better with my schedule with kids with all that stuff but if i was left to my own devices right i love staying up to the twilight hours of the evening i get very creative i get very hyper i have the best conversations and then sleeping in and then getting up and taking my time, that's my natural tendency, but I've had to train myself yeah. to do the opposite. So what do you think? Do you guys think that that's good or bad? Do you think I, I really believe it's a very individualized thing. I think mm-hmm. that- So they've done studies on this and they find that the that those are the most creative hours. When they interview authors and scientists and whatnot, that they tend to come up with their ideas at, like like after midnight. It's that late those late hours that they tend to do that. Now, I know when we travel, we tend to go to bed late because that's what happens. 10 o'clock rolls around, 11 o'clock rolls around. What are we always doing? We're sitting around and we're having really, really good yeah. conversation and nobody wants to go to bed. Right. And I've just trained myself to be like, all right, guys, I got to I gotta go to bed otherwise. Because then we got the problem, like here, like we're, we're in Tahoe right now. We're doing the podca- podcast heart event. You know, the first podcast started at 8 a.m., which means we need to be up and ready, everything ready to go by 7. Right. So we can't be going to bed late. Otherwise, we're going to be, we're going to kill ourselves. So, but you know, but it's funny watching you because you're like a kid, man. Like, you trying to get you to go to bed is like, Uh, it's like having a kid. No, no. That that creativity thing is interesting, though. Like, you know, after it does get like sort of after hours, because I've experienced that multiple times. And it's like when you get to pass sort of, you know, a certain point, you get loopy and you get kind of like silly. Uh, just because you're so tired, but it's like, then it's like almost like your command center, right? Like the, the prefrontal cortex, like you're just like, you kind of put that on, you know, like autopilot or something. I don't know. It's like, I can think differently. Like when I'm a little, I think that's what it is because creativity literally is defined by thinking differently. And so I think when you're up late and you're tired, you are thinking differently and you see things a little bit differently. And so you start to think of, it's also very quiet and there's not a lot of distractions and I'm completely in my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the daytime with people talking, there's not any distractions. Yeah. yeah. Getting yeah, yeah. up early. So like yeah. that, that I'm, and maybe if, I guess if you're up at four 30, it's pretty quiet. Yeah. yeah very sure. Many, yeah. Distractions. So, so I said, probably mirror to that. I think there's, I think there's really, I mean, there's two types of people and then everything in between, right? I really believe that there's people that, and that, but that's why I think it's funny when you see a lot of these guys that write books around it and they make a big deal around it. Like, well, maybe sure. we write a book called How to End Your Day. <laughs> yeah, or How you to Not Be saying? Structured. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I do believe that, um, and I mean, we have people within this company that are like this, that I know are much more creative than they are structured and allowing that creative freedom to go, to, 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 flow when it wants for to flow sure. and not try and force it and organize it mm-hmm. they're a be- they they perform better and for then, sure and then there's other people who don't have that creative yeah, side yes. and so they and you need have to treat them differently and so they need to create systems yeah. and they need to create and that's the team that's right. why you have to have both on your team you do need both. i am not a you guys know me i am yes. not a structured person but we i can know. be very dude when i you know maps anabolic was i created that at fucking two o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. i wrote from it was probably 1 a.m till 6 a.m that i wrote the entire program and it was all spurred on by one article and half a joint. And I was literally midnight. I read this article in new England journal of medicine and I'm like, Holy shit, this is interesting. And five hours later, 
I wrote the program and I called Doug that same that next day and I'm like, I got the program that I think we can put online and sell and it's I think it's fucking awesome and I'm gonna test it and you're gonna test it and I'm gonna have people test it and we'll see what happens. But it was literally middle of the night, yeah. kids are sleeping, I'm up by myself and I'm just going crazy. Oh you know? my my iPhone nuts are cr- or my iPhone nuts. Your iPhone nuts. <laughs> my iPhone. Yeah. My iPhone nuts are yeah. ringing right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. A, I'll tell you what. My, oh, his iPhone's shit. got balls. Yeah. yeah. My iPhone notes. <laughs> well, that's, that's a little Freudian slip yeah, there. Yeah, it was. Right there. <laughs> my big iPhone, my iPhone notes. notes be hanging yeah. low. Have you guys seen the new Jack in the Box commercial? I fucking love their advertising. No. I just I have I have such an appreciation. Talk about a company that I don't even give money to or care two shits about, but I have such an appreciation. They know their market. Yes, and they yeah, do such they're, a good they're genius. God, they're that. so yeah. good. His latest one is like they have these new. He's promoting his teriyaki bowls, and he, you know if you can imagine, bowls sounds like balls. And oh so the whole okay. commercial is like, yeah. you gotta try my balls. <laughs> you know, look at my balls. Look at, and it's just so good, dude. They do such. A, he does such a good job. You know why those fast food That's places funny. target men so much? Because hmm. they care less about uh, about healthy health, eating. I know <laughs> they do. They care less about healthy, and they identified that. Right. Yeah. So now these fucking fast food companies go after these young like men, men and stoner men. Yeah, because they know that those are the guys that are going to buy. All so, you know, when you see great marketing, and, and you see this with uh, beer, a lot of beer companies are really have some great. Mar- you have great marketing companies that are not only great at marketing at that time and era, but they also evolve with times. That that's why I find impressive. So when you see a company like Jack in the Box, like some of these beers, like They've lasted 20, 30, 40, some years, oh, some yeah. more. Because they stay relevant. Because they do. They stay yeah. relevant. They know uh, how to evolve their, their marketing. And it's really, I love. A lot of thought goes into that. You know, that's why it's, it's, it is totally respectable. Because there's so, I know so many businesses that just stay completely flat and like where they are right now is what they're going to ride out. Well, a, a lot of, the, a lot of them are, a lot of them are still there right now. And we're banking on a Bless lot of companies have. finally figuring it out. And which is, what really mind pump media is all about is and and this weekend is an example of what we're really trying to evolve to is this ability to create incredible top-notch quality content for brands and companies that we align with and we like and i think that this is going to be the future of advertising for a lot of companies when they because just a lot of them haven't figured out the conversion well, the, the future right. is working with uh, social media and new media influencers right and you, you know, have to and an example of that right, that we see in, in big big company like nike and adidas so nike has remained kind of the same and adidas has adopted that and has evolved and for the you know in the last like i don't know five to Taylor Does Adidas surpassing him? Yes, which is crazy because Nike was the behemoth, right? And now I don't know what happened. I know I know Nike with the the Colin Kaepernick thing. They I forgot I should have brought the stats. Well, the last it. time I looked, they were they they did a whole they got more sales. Yes, as a result yes. of that. Did they? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah they, they, well, of course they sold out. Controversy of, either yeah. way is. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a win for Nike sales. all the way around. Yeah. Regardless of where you stood on it politically, and, and if you got if you were one of the silly people that caught up, got caught up in making a big deal about it politically, it was all right. about making money. Yeah, it's money. And they and they At did the it, the and they day. fucking they did a great job. Yeah, right. Because you, ta- you played right off it. of it because yeah. <laughs> you argued about it or you burned your shit. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout.
All right. Our first question is from Like a Stranger. Is it possible to achieve the same physical and cognitive benefits of lifting weights by using only body weight exercises? Mm. Basically, cognitive and what else? And physical benefits. Basically, can you get the same results from uh, body weight training as you can from the same? weight no. training? The same, no. Can you get lots of results? Yeah. You know, Cognitive. I'll, I'll, I mean, uh, yeah, I could see a lot of You'll argue there. you can? I'll, you know what? I'll argue you can, but here's here's why I, I understand where you're, where you're coming from, and here's why I also agree with you. You can because resistance is resistance, right? So anytime you're training with resistance, it really doesn't matter if it's a, There's gravity. a weight or your body or whatever, your body, you know, it, it, it adapts to that resistance. Here's why I also agree with Adam. You know, modif- moving your body around space and cre- being creative enough to hit your body from the same kinds of angles and whatever, the, it's just so much more difficult with your body. And also, your body weighs one weight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I can, you know, if I'm doing overhead presses, theoretically, I could say is doing handstand push ups hits mm. the shoulders the same way as overhead presses. But most people can't, don't have the strength to press their body weight up right. in the air. So they can go much lighter and weights are very moldable and modifiable, just like we talked about earlier. Yeah, you could, I mean, you could play devil's advocate a little bit to that, you know, with, you know, body weight training and that I know I could come closer to my body's like capacity. So like, as far as uh, me being in tune with my body on another level, like connected wise, so I can communicate better from fingers to toes. Like I can, I can control my body in ranges in in space and movement patterns like much more effectively once you know I've established like where I am in space my proprioception you know how to manipulate uh forces against me and you know so it's mm-hmm. it's it's a totally different mentality but then to build off of that you have to have weights you do be, and then here's the other thing too like some exercises let's say you want to build maximum strength and and size in your legs okay with body weight i mean i guess you could you could go to the point where you're doing one-legged pistol squats and stuff like that but you're still you're you're limited by your resistance again right you know i can get under a barbell and theoretically i could squat four or five hundred pounds you can't simulate that with just your body weight yeah no i can i would i could argue that the the body weight thing is a a safer and maybe even better for a lot of people like i could i could argue that part but if almost would be cool as a prerequisite right Right. but to get the same no but if we here's how i the way i would answer this question is i say if if i had if someone asked me a more more this question more specific which would be adam if you had the same person same genetics right and you had them for 16 weeks and one person you can only use body weight, and the other person you can use mm. resistance training. Who do you get the most results for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Weights. Yeah, it's yeah. a very down. easy right now. So asking the way he's asking, there's it's a little more vague, and so we can have this dialogue on mm-hmm. and make debates on why why body weight training yeah. can be more. And because I, man, I tell you what, when you look at some of the most healthiest joints out there, like your gymnast and people like that, like you want to talk about people that have great right. strength and control their body. Yeah, and, and that keep that. Right. And they, they have, maintain it for a lot longer. Right, right. And so there's something to be said about that. But yeah. even that person, if you had them at day one, and you had the option, to, and the and the and goal. You did it right, right. You right. have to have good application, right. And your and your your goal was can who who can build the most muscle in the next sixteen weeks. You again, that person still mm-hmm. loses, right. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. lose to the person who has the resistance. Training. Now they did say cognitive benefits, and I like that they said that because there is a a very distinct adaptation difference between closed chain movements and open chain movements. You know, when, when I'm mm-hmm. lifting weights, yeah. I'm moving, I'm balancing and moving a weight 
away from my body, for example. Mm-hmm. When I'm doing body weight movements, I'm manipulating my body in yeah, space. Yeah. And they both work and train the brain differently. differently yeah. They do it very di- Now, they both have their own benefits. So one isn't better than the other, mm-hmm. but they both work different parts of your brain. And I think if you want to maximize, because the, there are real cognitive benefits to learning how to do new movements and control new movements. Because when you're doing those, people think you're just training the muscle. Like, oh, great, you could you added 30 pounds to your squat. Or great, you could do a handstand push-up now. Your muscles are much stronger. Yes, your muscles did get stronger, but there's a lot more that's going on there. Your brain literally had to create new neural pathways to learn how to manipulate that weight and control that weight and to fire the muscles in the right way and to understand where your body is in space. That's a great one with body weight movements. Like mm-hmm. when I'm lifting weights, my body's always in the same, typically same position. I'm either standing, sitting, or laying down. There's really nothing else. Yeah. When you're doing body weight movements, you're upside down, you're sideways, you're twisting. Yep. Sometimes you're, you're doing all of those things in one movement all at the same time. And that's a real skill you can see expressed in extreme forms. Well, yeah, you can break it down well, just from motor control. I mean, yeah, that's right. The amount that, that requires so much more brain power to do that than it does to do a bench press. Much and, more. And, and you're you're talking about like open and closed chain. I love that. Like, uh, you know, taking taking that as far as like you know external forces versus you know intrinsic forces, like in, yeah, intrinsic another good point production, which is I feel like a. a, a gigantic step people skip right past well this is the magic in maps why and why it blows everybody away yeah maps anywhere was you know we did some of that in there that i think i mean when i think of a cool bodyweight program and that i was we were all really proud of that we just didn't market it very well right right, yeah we didn't market it we didn't market because we know it's not it's not a popular concept it's not something that people are like jumping up and down to receive but it's very valuable uh, you know, it's going to help you like everybody, tremendously. Everybody that if you've used two or three of our like you know traditional programs to take a piece of Maps White, even if you don't go all the way through it and and insert it into your programming, mm-hmm. well, you'll get some great mm-hmm. great benefits mm-hmm. because of the types of exercises and movements mm-hmm. that we've included in that are so unique to what we're talking about yeah. right now. But proprioceptive ability is a very important ability to develop. Now, a lot a lot of your balance is dependent on that. It's dependent on strength as well, but your ability to Step off the wrong step and catch yourself and know where you're at. Or, you know, an extreme version, by the way, of this, for people wondering what that means, is you ever watch high-level competitive diving? And you watch these people jump off a diving board Mm -hmm. and spin and twist their body in space and then know when to point their body upside down in the right angle to produce the least amount of splash. It's almost superhuman. It's, it's, it's that's crazy. an extreme form yeah. of it. You take any one of the average pe- person and you spin them around, they have no idea yeah, where they're where, facing, where you're gonna end up. what's going on. Well, think about that. What's happening, and even subconsciously, and that's why you can make the argument about the, the body weight being more beneficial cognitively is because the amount of math that the brain is having to compute. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what's going on. That is how, ha- yeah. in order to do a somersault, spin, twist, whatever you call those dives, mm-hmm. six times and hit the water with that, your, ba- your brain is doing highly yeah. complicated math at a super fast rate that you don't even, you don't know. It's even, all predictive. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, cat, like you, that example with throwing a baseball at an infant, you know, it's like, it's just like, it's crazy because there's so much math that goes into that to learn to be able to catch the ball, you know. So you, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously you don't want to. I would throw. have to say, you know, when it comes to building muscle and burning body fat, weights probably have the edge. When it comes to producing functional, results where, you know, everyday life moves easier, you're stronger, less risk for injury, joints are healthy. 
proper body weight trainings probably edges out free weights. Now, the, the real answer is this, and this is why I, you know one thing I hate about questions like this is it, it forces you to do the whole either-or thing. But the reality is both of them belong. Both, yep. you need to be doing both. If, if you want best, I don't care if it's muscle growth or functional, you know, uh, pr- progress. They're both valuable. Do them both. There's a lot of value in both. And look, I'll give you an example. Here's a great example: uh, lat pull down versus a pull up. Okay. Now, technically, it's the same movement. Technically, I'm I'm bringing the you know the arms down by my sides. Uh, whether I'm sitting on a on a bench and pulling a weight down, or I'm holding onto bars and pulling my weight up. But experience tells us, because I can tell you right now, you talk to anybody who's been working out for years, does a pull-up versus a pull-down, do they feel different? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they feel very different. It's a different oh, yeah. feel. It's a different a skill. more stabilization has to happen with the rest of your body. There's and, all kinds of factors. And both of them give you great results. And yeah. I hate comparing them head-to-head because I would say... Do them both. Yeah. One does not replace the other one. But I highly recommend to someone like that, especially when they ask a question like this, is to, you know, focus on one for a while because you're trying to tease something else. You're looking to see which one gives you a cognitive boost. Well, find out. Yeah. Find out. Find out. And actually give yourself a, a dedicated amount of time where you actually mm-hmm. just strength train. Pay attention. Pay attention if you notice benefits that way and just be, that's all you're looking at and measuring. You're not looking at muscle being gained. You're not looking at performance. Mm-hmm. You're not looking at anything else other than you're trying to boost your cognitive function. That's all you're trying to do. And then you move over and you do all body weight stuff and see if you, which mm-hmm. one you notice the most from. That's right. More than likely, the the changing of whichever direction yeah. is, is what you're going to, you're going to feel. Just because it's different. Right. Just because yeah. it's different. So it's that, a whole new skill you have to learn, a whole new pathways you have to create, and all that stuff. I tell you what, though, um, exercise in general, and especially specifically resistance training, gives you a cognitive boost right away, in yeah. my experience, right away. If you're, if you're at work and you're just feeling, oh, you know, like I can't think or whatever, do some squats and some push ups or whatever. Give yourself about five to 10 minutes, sit back down at your desk and watch what happens. Yeah. Next question is from A. Yauk96. I have read that children can be predisposed to being overweight based on genetics if their parents, grandparents, etc. are overweight as well. Do you believe there is some truth to this? Ooh. Genetics has become... This is touchy. It is. Genetics is the, the, excuse the favorite excuse yeah. for any health problem. We need to be very clear here. Okay? I first look to life. If you go back... Look, I'll tell you something right now. Okay, I got my first personal training certification about 20 years ago. Okay, So 20 years ago, I got my first... Not that long ago. We're talking a, a generation ago. Not that long ago. When I got my first certification, we, it, would, it, it taught us you know, uh, different aspects of health. And one of the things it talked about was diabetes. And they, talk, they, taught, they taught us the two different types of diabetes. And the way they communicated it was there's type 1 diabetes and then there's adult onset diabetes. That's what they called it. And they called it adult onset because you got it as an adult through poor lifestyle and poor health. Now, about... I don't know, eight years later, they stopped calling it adult onset. It's no longer, and you can test this out. If you don't believe me, get a medical journal that's 20 years old, and you'll see it doesn't say type 2 diabetes. It says adult onset. About eight years after I got my first certification, everybody was calling it type 2. Why? Children started to get it. Look at childhood obesity. If you go back 50 to 100 years, it was almost non-existent. Almost not, it was pretty much non-existent that children were obese. Today, 17% of American children are obese and over 30% are overweight. And that's triple what it was in the 1970s alone. So it's just, we're talking about crazy, crazy, crazy numbers. This isn't, our genes didn't fucking change 
yeah. that quickly. Our lifestyle did. Now, that, 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 in playing devil's advocate, you absolutely genetics play a role yes and there are people that that put on body fat faster and it's in their genetics their parents are the same way too but what i've found in my experience is almost always that that same person that has a disadvantage has an advantage somewhere else and that 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 same person normally is also the same person who touches weights and they just build muscle. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? They 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 eat one cheeseburger and they put on body fat, but if they touch weights, they also build muscle really easy. They struggle with the body fat. And then the same like the same the opposite. Mm-hmm. The guys or the girls that always struggled with putting, you know, putting weight on and they couldn't put muscle on, they couldn't build. I also tell them to look at a treadmill and fat just falls off their body. Sure, sure. The grass is normally greener on the other side. So I do believe that genetics play a role and that we're all at some sort of a disadvantage, but I also believe that we're all at some sort of an advantage. Well, genetic, genetics will account for you know 10 to 20 pounds in difference. Like the differences in varying, and I'm talking about for people when you control for height. So if the same height or whatever, yes, someone will be genetically fatter and someone will be genetically thinner. And, and if they ate the same and did all the same movement, you're looking at 10 or 15 pounds, not 50, 60 pounds. That's yeah. not the that's not your genes. Yeah, a hundred yeah. pounds. That's your lifestyle. And the reason why this is so hard to control for, by the way, is when you take a person whose whole family is overweight and they grow up and they're overweight, they all have the same lifestyle. So it's very yeah. hard to control for genes here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, my parents were fat, therefore I'm fat. Yeah, but you also eat the same way your parents yeah, did, and you grew up that way. It's just hard not to see that immediately. Mm. You know, like, like that's just the first thing I would think of is, uh, you know, what what sort of lifestyle habits have been established even in the in utero? Like, like what what are the decision? That's a great point. Process like going into the world. Like, yeah, I mean, there's just so many factors. Yes, genetics, of course, but like there's epigenetics. There's ways of expressing these, you know, genes. That uh, will will you know obviously well, turn gene- into a certain direction. Yeah, who is it that says this? I think it might be Rob Wolf that says this. That uh, genetics is the bullets that are in the gun. Yeah, it is Rob. And there it is. And you you're, you're the way you live is pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. And so you may be predisposed for certain things, but your lifestyle is what sets these things in motion to start happening for you. For the most part, there are those rare occasions where you have that you know this gene genetic variants where. You know, it's like there's nothing you can, right. nothing that we know that you could do about there's it. There's something limiting you from even walking, you know, or there's like, there's just yeah. certain things that like, yeah, of course you're going to have to account for but, that. But, you know, let me go in this direction though. Okay. So what? Right. So what? Okay. Your genes make you fatter. There's now always what? something you can do. You, well, you can't change that. Well, so and now ag- what? And again, I, I believe in my experience that, per- and that person may be, forget about the muscle building thing. Maybe that person processes information faster right. and processing information faster, learning about your body and learn is an advantage mm. for every disadvantage you have. You probably have some advantage yeah. somewhere else. When you say your body on that, instead of yeah, focusing you on the your body, just naturally, like if you have a limitation, it a- allocates resources in another direction to make those other traits, you know, better, right? Well, let me ask you this, right? So, uh, Adam, you, you and I were both ectomorphs, like super hard to gain muscle, right? So we had that genetic disadvantage, if you will, where we just couldn't build muscle as easily as other people. And I know this is true for me, but I'll ask you this. Do you think you would have been as awesome as a trainer or who you are now on the no. podcast if you didn't have to really fucking learn? Force me to learn. Exactly. And that became an advantage. Exactly. That's, exactly. What, that's what I mean by that is it's, people need to learn to reframe their genetic situation, okay? Yes, there are genetic freaks out there, but if I spent my whole life talking about my genetic, you know... Disadvantage. Yeah, disadvantage, because this person, like, you know what, you're right. If, you, if you're if you already with that mindset and that you're just, you're just choosing that you're going to be fat because of that, 
you probably are going to be. Whether you think you will or won't, you're probably right. Well, I think people confuse it with the whole like, you know, it's my genetics, so I'm just going to love myself and accept myself. And right. There's a confusion here going on. Now, first off, you should love yourself, but in the real sense. And when you really love yourself, you want to take care of yourself. Look, if you have a child, oh, fuck it. If you have a pet, if you have a pet that you really, really care about, you're going to feed them in a way that's going to and, and yeah. take care of them in a way that's going to make them healthy. You're not going to have a pet that's obese and and you lock them up in a cage and don't make them move. That doesn't that doesn't show that you love your pet. That shows that you don't really care and love. If you really cared about this your, this pet, you would feed them right, have them move. You would challenge them sometimes. Sometimes gave them what they needed and sometimes give them what they wanted. And that's what you need to do with yourself. And that's where people get confused. It's the whole like. Well, I don't want to hate myself for being overweight and it's just my genetics. No, no, I don't want you to hate yourself. I want you to really fucking care about yourself yeah. in the real sense and really care. Your physical, the way you appear in some senses is a is an outward reflection of kind of how you take care of yourself a little bit. And somebody who tends to not care about themselves a lot, many times you can tell with their posture, their health, you know, whether or not they're overweight. You know, many of these things because they're just not they're just not caring for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it boils down to is that authentic caring about yourself and also realizing that it's just a better look. Yeah, and realizing yeah. some things you can't control. You can't control your genes, you know, you, you didn't pick who your parents were or whatever. Um, and you're born and now you got your genes and what are you gonna do now with that? That's right, reframe it. That's it. Next question is from Andrea. As three guys in committed relationships, how would you react or how have you reacted? To your significant others wanting to go off hormonal birth control and shifting to more natural options. I know it's not ideal, but it is convenient. Would love your perspective. Mm. You know, when I first started, uh, so I was married for a long time, right? So we didn't use any type of, uh, you know, contraceptive or birth control. But then I got divorced and I, you know, met Jessica, fell in love and we started dating. And at the time she was using the IUD, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was the, the, our form of birth control. She started having some, some kind of issues with it and wasn't feeling that good or whatever. And you know, here's the deal. Like I have to respect my partner's wishes for their health. And the reality is when you take hormones, however low the risk is or whatever, it is going to have an effect on your health. It is, it's no different than me taking testosterone. It's no different than anybody else taking any of the hormone. It's going to change things, the way things work in the body. And so if they want to be healthy and it's their body, then so be it. We just have to take other precautions then. We have to you know, either use the pull-out method or do a remeasure body temperature or use condoms or whatever. But that's the thing. And you know, there's, there, for a long time, we've been telling women that there's like almost no risk with birth control or whatever. A lot of women are saying, not true. They're yeah. saying, man, I, I, I felt terrible when I was on them. Then when I went off, it took me six months to regulate my body or whatever. You're kind of getting a little bit of pushback now with, with you know, with that kind of therapy. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's one of those things too that, um, yeah, like, like I'm doing the more of the research. I was scheduled to, to do the vasectomy and go through that whole process and everything to get, you know, off completely off the birth control because I do, we're both in a position now where it's like, you know, I don't want her on any hormones, like, like these, this IUD and everything mm. else. It's like, yeah, I know that that has significantly shifted like uh, i mean even like sex drive and and motivation in the gym like all these types of things like i 
I mean, it's not like something I could prove, but I know my wife enough to know that it's it's affecting her in a certain way, and it's so it's on it's on the forefront. But at the same time, like I'm I'm just Dude. nervous about like yeah, because we have two we have. You know we're good. Like we're, we, you know, we're, <laughs> you don't want to get that surprise. Yeah, dude. Like that already happened. Like she was on birth control on our first kid, and it's so it's just, you know, it happens. Wait, but, she was on birth control and got pregnant with you. Yeah. First? So we, Damn. yeah, so we had to switch. You guys are that fiddle. one up. Yeah, exactly. So that's I'm worried. Like I need to take care of this, but um, yeah. So it's. Do you do the pull out method on top of it, or are you just? I mean, this is getting real personal. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, if you, you know, you throw layers. You got to throw He's layers. Sometimes I'll suck at the ceiling. On a good day. He's like, show so. me. What's, it like? <laughs> what's, that? what's the face you make? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. No. Um, no, because, you know, pull-out method. No, I have done, used it a few times. Yeah, but not, pull-out method done properly is actually effective. The problem is user I know, error. I know terrible. User error. I know you're an advocate of this <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You might have to do a guide on it. So a I'm guide? Honest, it's actually pretty basic. Okay. Yeah. You, right before you pull it out. That's about it. Okay. No, it's, um, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. People argue this and debate this, but there's studies. They're very clear. They've done several of them. Many of them actually. Well, they'll show women's. Here's a great one. When women are on birth control, they tend to be attracted to different kinds of men than when they're off birth yeah, control. Yeah, I remember that. So did That's you know, very interesting to me. Did you know that, the, that and, and they need to do more studies on this, but there was one that I read where when women met, meet a guy while they're on birth control and they fall in love and get married, and then the women go off birth control, the divorce rate goes up a little bit. Yeah. Because I think and what they're, what they're, they're theorizing- They're attracted to something a little different. What they're theorizing was like, oh, fuck, I don't like this guy that much yeah. anymore. <laughs> you know, I yeah. met him when I was on birth control, now I'm off, and- yeah, I like the gardener. He's a lot hotter. That's you know? interesting. So Katrina, so Katrina turns uh 38 this year and she's never used birth control in her life. In her life. Mm. So never used birth control in her life. And uh a lot of people thought I was crazy because for the first six of our eight years, I used a rubber. And everyone, what? God, what? I haven't heard it called a rubber, a rubber. in so long. It's yeah. like, yeah, throwback. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. That, that's yeah. my medical term there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I had, I had for six years, I, I use condoms coin. and it's never been a big deal to me. I mean, uh, and Katrina and any other woman I've ever met in my life, the, the best part of sex is the 45 minutes of foreplay that leads up to sex. So true. And the so I think being somebody who's always been protected and prided himself on being someone like that. And that was not a big deal in our relationship. It's actually just forced me to be even better in that area, which is, I think only enhanced, my sex life. So if you're a male and you're, and you're, you have a girl who's considering this and you're concerned, you're like, and you're selfishly thinking, Oh man, I, that sucks for me. Now I got to wear a condom potentially or whatever, or pull out method or whatever. Well, I'll tell you what, like maybe, maybe this is a great time for you to put some more energy and effort into the 45 minutes that lead up to the actual sex. And that's the foreplay, which most women care more about than anything else. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's only, so talk about strengths and weaknesses, like the last question, you know, that sounds like probably a shitty situation for a lot of people, but I think it's only enhanced our sex life because mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you guys seen that? There was a picture at some like some clinic. It was like Planned Parenthood or something. And it said for family, it said for family planning, please use rear entrance. And it was talking about the back of the building, but it's just that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. Great. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. Next question is from 1978HW. What exactly is roid rage? Is this a real phenomenon that is experienced with steroid use? Does it depend on dose and duration of use? 
Adam, did you experience this? Right. <laughs> Specifically. Uh, he was more of a jerk when he went off. Yeah, that. yeah. Right, right. right. I, you know what? I think this is such a funny question because, um, or not funny, but I think it's a very common question. A lot of people think that there's this uh, correlation with rage and anger with uh, with steroids. It's because testosterone is uh, well, is the aggression hormone, right? Right. And it well, and just I, I remember how I was in my state when I was in my twenties. Like I had real anger problems, you know. And then if I was to be somebody that was to use steroids on top of that, you know, it might have been a volatile situation. Sure, yeah. I was an asshole right then. That's what I'm saying. And so I think that you know, if if, if you're an asshole off steroids, you're an exaggerated asshole right. on on steroids. You know, and so it's that's really all it comes down to. So if you're somebody who would normally snap at a driver anyways, flip him off. Well, now you are the guy that might get out of his car and actually chase the car. Probably because you're bigger. Head, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And so uh, but I mean, I, I think a lot of people that probably do the quote unquote road rage or what we call road rage. I, I roid would, rage. Roid rage. Road, road rage. Road, oh, sorry. Yeah. Roid rage. Yeah. Sometimes connected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what well, yeah, I think I think that a lot of times I think that the people I think they're they're just assholes in general and they would have yeah. been that there would have been agreed that. right you, you know there so so there's a, aggression is actually correlated with low testosterone levels believe it or not when, when men's testosterone levels are really low the they find more irritability really? yeah higher levels of irritability i should say uh, yeah. now well, high testosterone levels are associated with i would argue that yeah though, for sure. something that, something that i do notice and i will admit Okay, and I know that that's probably why this person asked this question is less empathy. When I am when when I was in the tank, testosterone wise, uh, dude, I was I was I felt I felt the closest I ever felt like of being being feminine. Oh, I see what you're with saying. With empathy, like you're saying, and I, I mean, I would watch commercials on TV that would make me emotional. Mm -hmm. You know, that never happened in my life, and I I was very. Uh, Did you feel I like was, your your was, emotions were more up and down in no, that sense? No, not necessarily. I was. Very easy. I was. I'm more easygoing. I definitely mm -hmm. am. Like I'm. I'm probably much easier to deal with. Um. Uh. I'm more. Uh, Katrina would probably tell you I'm. I'm more cuddly. I'm not. Well, I'm not wanting to have sex more. My libido's not there. Mm -hmm. But I'm definitely. I think less aggressive. Mm. But even me at the most aggressive still isn't an asshole. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, so yeah. I'm. I'm giving you my range of, of being able to tell it. So I definitely. You definitely. Being on testosterone ex exaggerates. Yeah, that, and you, you know, know where it came from. Roid rage came from lawyers defending their clients from doing crazy shit. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, my, you know, my right, client on the drugs. Yeah, my client killed his wife or whatever. He went into a, an uncontrollable rage yeah. caused by his testosterone and steroid usage. That was in that Tim Lambesis case. Yeah, I bullshit. Up that one no, time. it's it's yeah. absolute bullshit. It, that's they not blamed true. it with that. Remember that Chris Benoit when he killed was it Chris Benoit or Chris whoever oh, killed right. his killed his yep. his wife and yep, kids yep, and then yep, shot yep. himself. Bertle Fox, Bertle Fox, old school bodybuilder. Yeah, they blamed that all on steroids. Yeah. But they, they did a documentary on him, and then you find out all the pills and shit that he was yeah, taking. Like, yeah, and they blame it on steroids. Yeah, no, no. no. Here's the deal. Like testosterone in there as well. Is testosterone connected? to aggression yes this is why men tend to be more aggressive than women uh is it tied to us going into a blind and controllable schizophrenic type rage no it's not and like i said studies show that when men's levels of testosterone when te when men's testosterone levels are in the upper range of normal they tend to feel greater confidence and more well-being and more balance in their emotions when testosterone levels are low irritability tends to go up being feeling emotional tends to go up and depression tends to go up so I don't think that that's the case. Now, here's the problem. The problem is we don't have a lot of studies on people taking the, some of the ridiculous doses of testosterone that you know bodybuilders would take. So we really don't know too much. But that being said, testosterone 
is a relatively safe hormone to take at those crazy levels. I don't know too many hormones that you could take 10,000% of and have kind of minimal side effects. Like if I injected you with estrogen 10,000 times higher than your normal estrogen levels, you're going to have some fucking problems. We do that insulin, you're going to die. You can get some titties. You, you do that with testosterone and you're you're not going to get these crazy, you'll get some side effects, but you're not going to get, yeah. you know, you're not. it's not going to kill you. So it's just, it's it's kind of an excuse. And here's the problem. There's a lot of bad examples of guys on steroids behaving badly, but it's because a lot of the guys that go on steroids for long periods of time. Egomaniacs already. They're insecure. Right. Yeah. You know, it's our test subjects are bad examples. They're yeah. bad examples. Yeah. That's why I do like to right. share about this because I definitely I mean, I remember being 25 years old and tons of testosterone running through me. It's synthetically. And, you know, being in a bar and already and inebriated. I'm drunk now too. Mm-hmm. And thinking like Oh, I hope that guy fucking says some shit yeah, to me. Say huh? something. Yeah, I hope he says yeah. some Look shit to me. Look at me. And and a lot you weren't of, as secure, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And and so and but even then, I it didn't cause me to go out and fight sure. or go do those things. But and, and I think some of that is being insecure, young, young, building all this strength that you never had before, and and the animals that we are wanting to test that strength. Sure. You know, want to feel what that real world strength is like. I think there's that animal in us, and mm-hmm. I think that exaggerates it when you're but. I definitely do not think that you know, it, it would. I never felt myself taking an injection and, and then get would, into a blind rage. And then all of a sudden, I'm, <laughs> then all of a sudden, ah! yeah, then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, just I, I gotta, I want to fight yeah. somebody. Yeah, I, wanna... I just picture like Arnold in Total Recall, you know, where he's like, right. ah! yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. no, testosterone is connected to impulsive behavior. It's connected to, uh, you know, uh, drive and motivation and ambition in some cases. Um, but not to to rage to the point where you can get, you know, it's actually like, it's not my fault that what I did, what I did, it's the testosterone that I took. Not true at all. Can it make men more potentially aggressive? Yes, but you remember, aggression isn't a bad thing. Uh, it depends how you use it. Like, right. I can be more aggressive and it will make me more driven at my job. I can be more aggressive and get up and be like, you know what, I'm going to go yeah. clean the fucking Accomplish garage. more things. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go fix this thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what aggression really is. There's a bad side of aggression too, where I want to hurt people and do that kind of stuff. But that's, you know, that's a uh, that's the bad side of aggression, regardless. And I don't think it increases that. That either exists in you or it doesn't. You're either that kind of person or you're not. Yeah, and again, it. if you're a really insecure person, and now you take steroids and you gain 50 pounds of muscle. You know, the guys that start shitting bars and want to fight everybody, yeah. the reason why they're doing that is they're not because they're confident. Yeah, they're not confident dudes. Nope. Those are insecure dudes wanting to test themselves. I'll tell yeah. you what, I've hung out with a lot of actual good fighters, like mm-hmm. MMA fighters who really train all the time. Most humble fuckers you ever... Oh, they're not looking for it. No, they're not. They're, com- they're humble, oh, they're man. Like, yeah. They know. They, they proved it. And a, and a lot of them have taken plenty of testosterone. Too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, no, I don't, I don't think that's the case whatsoever. So check this out. If you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download any of our free guides. The newest guide is how to squat like a pro. Oh, snap. Uh, we just released it. Again, anybody can download it. You can download all of them. It's at mindpumpfree.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. 
Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>